Previously on Bitchin' About Food, Jan. I think everybody that eats at Olive Garden is a moron. A week later, Jan. I apologize about the Olive Garden thing. My sister eats at Olive Garden. She's not a moron. Two days ago, I take back my apology. Everybody who eats at Olive Garden is a moron. I took my mother there and it sucked. Hi, I'm Katherine Gallagher. Jan Pesson. And this is Bitchin' About Food, the podcast where we cannot fucking decide how we feel about Olive Garden. Jan, take it away. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think you've said it all, because uh, we did go eat there, and our waitress was fantastic. Yeah. What was her name? Janae. Janae. Fantastic. Loved her. Uh, the, Went to marry her. Yeah. The unlimited uh, breadsticks. Mm-hmm. How many did you have? I had two, but I could have had 12, because <laughs> it's unlimited. And the salad was uh, adequate. The soup, also unlimited, was Awful. Okay. So, no thank you. Does that equal moron, though? It does. Any place that, it, first of all, red flag, if it's unlimited food, like a trough, you can just eating like a trough of food, it, it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. There, There is no good in that. So, thumbs down. Yeah. Thumbs down. Okay. Respect to my sister, Pam, because I know you're listening. And to my mother in heaven, who really liked Olive Garden, too. <laughs> I hope you feel good now. But I, I can't, yeah. Anyway, enough with Olive okay, Garden. Okay, moving have, on. We have two special guests today. Yes. And when I say special, I mean special. Yeah. I have known these people for, well, I don't even want to say how long I've known our friends who happened to be in town miraculously um, after traveling to Japan, and now they're going back home to London soon. Please welcome to the podcast, Chris Cole and Christine St. John. Yay! Woo! So excited. They look pretty excited to be here. Too. Yeah. Christine uh-huh. said, I'll never do your podcast ever. <laughs> and here she is. What did uh, you compare it to? Gilligan putting on the red dress. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what it is. Wow. That's yeah. a very old reference. Well, I'm very old. That's an ancient reference. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Let's go back in time. I've known Christine, my dear friend. I think we met during President Abraham Lincoln's inaugural address. <laughs> I mean, we have known each other for fucking ever. We came up together in Chicago in what we now know, Christine, was the golden age of theater, right? Right. I mean, we came up in the 80s. Yep. In the golden age of theater. I remember the first time I met you, we were in a car driving to a costume f- fitting. Okay. And I said, sorry, what's your name? And you said, Catherine Gallagher, what's yours? And I said, mine. We were driving on the Outer Lakeshore Drive. Do you have any memory of no, that? No, but I remember the first time I saw you. Hmm. I remember the first time I saw you, you had you were playing Agnes Gooch in MAME. Carol Gutierrez was playing MAME, and you were standing in the lobby. Vera Charles. Oh, okay. Vera? I thought yeah, you played... Vera Charles. Okay, well, well There's whatever. a big difference. Jeez. Okay, whatever. Christ, I'm crutch. up on anyway. my MAME. Anyway, shut up. Okay. Anyway, uh, you had this glamorous rhinestone thing in your hair, and I'm like, look at that girl. She's so glittery and fabulous and then we were cast together in City Lit and I'm like oh that's the same girl with the rhinestone and then you ended up giving me the rhinestone clip and yeah and then of course I broke it hey no surprise there <laughs> yeah. anyway so yeah and so Christine and I came up together we worked at City Lit Theater forever and ever and ever and then one day she said to me well I reunited with my old friend from the old days Chris Cole um, he's coming over for a visit cut to 
They're married, okay? Yeah, I was so, at their wedding. They yeah. invited me to their wedding. Yeah, yeah. That was so nice. They invited you to the wedding? They did. Jeez. I know. <laughs> anyway, Chris, her, her husband, screenwriter, writer, uh, musician, actor. Christine is an actress. She's written a one-woman show about Betty Davis. She understudied Jerry Hall on the West End when Jerry did The Graduate. She did a one-woman show about Betty Davis. Yeah. Yeah. She did a one-woman show about Betty Davis. Yeah. She wrote it herself. And, you know, Chris is, well, anyway, there's enough go on talent. To, go to Amazon.com yeah. right now and type in Mad Dogs, which is a great show that Chris wrote on Amazon. And I don't know if you want to talk about any of your other projects. If Can you even talk about it with the stupid strike going on? No. <laughs> I, I, I will say though that the first thing Christine said to me as we came in is make sure I get that rhinestone clip back. She oh. did not. You're a big liar. I had well, that she thing. broke it. I broke so it. So it's gone. But here's the thing: I kept that rhinestone clip even broken forever. I love that thing. Anyway, I love the fact that Chris sounds like one of the Beatles right now a little bit. He also it's looks like, like a Beatle. We which could is actually cool. pretend you're Paul. Yeah, um, you could. I, okay. <laughs> one time I was no. One time I was visiting Chris's. Um, mom in where she lives in her town and we were driving along and I think it was your stepmom who was driving and I said is that a hotel and she goes no that's George Harrison's house I'm like okay yeah oh, okay oh, Beetle. Yeah, we went past that Beatles Beatles yeah. but I, what's enough of this bullshit we're talking about food here okay yeah. so when I met Christine um I was young really young it was mm -hmm. you know like I say back when there were covered wagons <laughs> yep got it and I was still kind of finding my way in Chicago. I was not really an entertainer per se. I was cooking for myself. But Christine was a huge entertainer. She taught me the way to keep the fabric of friendship alive in life is to have people in your house a lot. Like you entertained a fucking shitload. You had people over all the time. And I'm like, God, she's having another dinner party. So... She would always make, she wasn't a cook. She went over, she, I went over to her house one day and she goes, look, well, this is what I eat. And she opened up her freezer and it was like Stouffer's just all lined up, like stacked in the freezer, like your dad. Mm. The, and she's like, I don't really cook. But she had one dish that was her signature dish, chicken a l'orange, mm. which when I was talking to you about it the other day on WhatsApp, I was like, damn, that really sounds good right now. Chicken a l'orange. We haven't had that since, I haven't had it since I was at your house. So she would always make the same dish. She would have people over. And I was like, look at this. She's having all these people over and she's always serving the same thing, but no one seems to care until she started selling, telling the same joke before dinner. And finally, Mark Richard, who was one of our artistic directors at the time, said, Jesus Christ, it's bad enough we have to come over here and have the same dish every week. But do we have to hear the same joke, which became like something that we just cracked up about forever. But then when you married Chris, I told you it was like when the Wizard of Oz turns to color. Suddenly you have this guy who looks like a beetle, sounds like a beetle, <laughs> and cooks like a mofo. I mean, she married a guy who Good can one. cook like way to work it. He could cook. You could cook like all sorts of shit. Like, By the way, they're still here, even though they haven't got to say anything. Go ahead. Oh, we're all listening. I'm just doing an intro. Shut up, Jan. I'm doing an introduction. Longest intro ever. Okay. It's an intro because I want to know about, let's start with Emily, your mother. Okay. Your beautiful mother. Yeah. She cooked. Who loved you. Who loved you. She cooked, right? Yeah. She was a Midwestern gal, Irish, American, uh, with a little Swedish in there. And she was a meat and potatoes gal. And she always entertained. 
people always over at our place. So okay. maybe that's where that came from. Well, that is where it came from. But yeah. here's what's interesting to me, because your yeah. mom entertained a lot, like you, yeah, and cooked a lot, yeah. but you only got the entertaining gene. Oh, yeah. We weren't allowed in her kitchen. We weren't allowed in the kitchen. In fact, she I remember once she gave Dad $10 and said, go to the movies and come back at 5. But what about when you were a little girl? You weren't allowed in the kitchen? I was, never. I never sliced a carrot. I never did anything. I never helped my mother. She didn't want me in there. I just did not grow up with a mom who wanted me to cook with her. I didn't have that experience. A kitchen was a an odd place with a big door that you opened that was cold and you'd get a drink out. But I, <laughs> I, I <laughs> and um, a, a stove, you turned it on and there was fire. I, I never was in a kitchen, ever. Okay, but wait a second. When she would entertain, yeah. you would help her set things out for people, right? No, she wouldn't let me do that. So you were just there as... Th- her daughter. Yeah. You were a part of her life. She adored you. Yeah. But anything having to do with food, kitchen, entertaining, nothing. She, you she was she was not inclusive at all. Not at all. Okay. She was a perfectionist and she knew I'd botch it up probably. Okay. And and um, Did you like her food? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um I did. Um but what I would do for her is once she'd gone to bed because they would be up quite late when I was quite young as well the place on the in the old house not the condo but the old house yeah what i would do um is go around and clean everything and do dishwasher load after dishwasher load and when she would come down in the morning it so shocked her the first time i did that that she i so she let you in the kitchen but she couldn't be in the kitchen if you were she would let you clean up afterwards well she didn't know i was doing that It was a surprise but no she didn't want me in there she just didn't want me in there and i think part of that ended up because my mother was on that wave that 1960s wave of feminism yep my mother too and so my mom equated um, work being an, and my mother had a full time job. She always did. She always worked. Yeah. And she equated, which I think happened to a lot of American women, cooking as being part of, um, not part of the feminism they wanted their daughters to grow up with. And so I kind of went along with that or understood that to be, ooh. So wait a second. Are you saying that you think Emily possibly didn't want you to learn those skills because then that would be expected of you and it might attract a different type of a man? Well, fucking A, it worked. Uh, yeah, it did. And when when she, Chris, when they came over and he was cooking dim sum, I looked at her and said, there is a God. Yeah. That's I mean, like my, when my brother made my sister-in-law shrimp for his for the first meal they had together, she called her mother and she her mother said, "You better marry this guy. Way to work it, girls." Fuck. I I think she. Um, I've lost my train of thought. That's okay. She, she, Mom um, just didn't want me to learn to cook because she, uh, in high school, I would say, "Well, I can take a cooking cor- course," and she said, "If you want to learn how to cook." I'll teach you at home. Take debate, take another drama class, but do not take a cooking class. Because my mother's major was home economics, which was typical in those days, and her minor was in chemistry. My mother could have worked at NASA space program. Oh, that's so oh, you know she was such a brain. But in in 
you know, in the late 30s, early 40s, it was home economics, and she did not want that for me. So she said, don't take a cooking class, anything to do with that in school. If you want to learn, I'll teach you. Thing is, she never did. Uh, okay. But so that's when the lean cuisines come in, when we first met. I had the stack of lean cuisines. Well, wait a second. Yeah. Before we go. Yeah. So you're on your own now. You've left home. Yeah. And you're in your first kitchen. Picture your first kitchen, well, wherever, I was in, wherever it is. That was the Three Arts Club in Chicago when I was in drama school and food was brought to you. No, no. I'm talking about your first apartment, wherever that was. That wasn't Fletcher. It was someplace uh, else. Oh, years before Fletcher. Well, I was in Paris in a woman's foyer as well when I was at the Sorbonne. And then when I was in moved to London, uh, so you're I in, lived with the sous chef, so I didn't cook. Okay. So you somehow and there was managed... a lot of activities back in those Didn't days. Didn't you ever have an apartment? That you had an apartment in yeah. Chicago. Yeah, Fletcher uh, Road. Many years later, after I'd been in Europe for four years. Yeah, but how did you, when you're standing in your kitchen yeah. for the first time yeah. in Chicago, you're like, fuck, I don't know what to do. Did you just go to the store and buy a bunch of frozen foods and call that it That was with Carol and Kelly, and that oh. was the Ling Cuisines. Okay. They didn't cook for you, Carol and Kelly? No. I just did Ling Cuisine, and I get a cob lettuce and a tin of green beans. And that was it. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Because I just didn't... I, so we're going to leave you there. Yeah. In Lean Cuisine Land yeah. with somehow you learned how to make chicken all orange. Which... Well, that was later when I met you and we'd have dinner parties, salons. They really were. Yeah, but Saturday I didn't teach you how to make chicken all orange. No, I don't remember how I did that, but that was with a, a can <laughs> of frozen... Um, OJ. Or OJ. Yeah. And the chicken would just go in the oven. And sometimes you brought it over. If I was doing a play, you'd bring it over. Yeah. Do you remember? You whoever told me was that, working. and I don't remember. Yeah, whoever yeah. was working. Yeah. And then every, but the, it was the trick was the Moet Chandon. Because I always served two bottles of Moet Chandon with the dessert. And that's when Mark got loose lipped and said, We always hear the same damn joke and the same <laughs> meal. Do you remember the joke? Oh, I certainly do. Could we what hear is it? the joke? Yeah. What did the elephant say to the naked man? What? What? How do you breathe through that thing? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really funny about that joke? It's that funny. I don't remember it. <laughs> it's so stupid. I would think I do you know how many times I've heard that joke? <laughs> yeah, we should note for our listeners, they've been married for like 67 and a half years. I mean, a long time, thirty over 30 years. Okay, let's leave you there. Yeah. Let's go to you. Mm. Growing up, mm. you didn't learn how to make dim sum and Indian food as a toddler. Who taught you how to cook? Did you teach yourself? Yeah, I think so, pretty much. <clears throat> I think I, I mean, it's the complete opposite, really. I realized that at a young age, I left, I left home young, like 17. I was living on my own from 17 and realized quite quickly that Girls were quite impressed if you offered to cook them. Yeah, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I was living, my flatmate, Tim, who, of course, you know, Tim yes, Morris Jones. Tim. He used to live on packet mashed potato and squeezy cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and Love I, that guy. I, <laughs> and I just thought, mm, yeah, that's not for me. No. And at the time, there was a lot of kind of cooking shows and stuff on TV. So I just got into it, really. Just got, I enjoyed it. I was interested in it. Yeah, you uh, see, that's the key. You enjoyed it. But what about, what about like, Eileen, your mom? Did she cook when you were young? She did cook, but she, you know, I didn't grow up with her, so I didn't sort of experience What her about cooking. Penny? She cooked. She wasn't, yeah, she cooked. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, yeah. 
I, yeah. I grew up around kitchens and cooking and people cooking and. But you also had Indian, if, it, unlike Americans, you Penny had an influence because she lived in the Far East and you had that kind of food. I right? guess, yeah. But Your probably, stepmom grew up in Singapore, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she'd cook the foreign food. Foreign food. <laughs> what about George? Did your dad cook? Occasionally, he had a couple of signature dishes, and I'm <laughs> trying to remember that. what they are. I think they were probably <laughs> sausage and mash. Yum. And maybe fried egg and chip. Well, Wait, let, what let, is? Let's just, put a pin in that for a second. Okay. Okay. Because the first time I went to see them when she, they got married, I went over there, and they immediately dispelled my notion that British food was bad. I can honestly tell you, in London, where they live. No matter where we go, I've never, ever had a bad meal. But did you eat British food or yes. did you eat Indian food? Both. That's an old, you know, that, that Mushy is peas, really old-fashioned. Delicious. Everything is fucking delicious yeah, then, in England. But the notion that English food is bad, that goes back to just at the end of the war with yeah. rations, you know? Yeah. It's just so... Or, or if Americans go into pubs, pubs are notoriously not great food. So what know? is a British other than, I mean, I know Indian food is incredible mm. and other, but what is a typical British meal? Well, what he just said, sausage and mash, which is sausage mashed potatoes. And mash, fish and chips, roast Fresh. meats. <laughs> Sunday roast. Sunday oh, roast. God, it's so good. Fry ups. And it's changing now. I mean, I think that's when I grew up. I think it's different now. I think. Well, you live there now. So what do you, what is your... Well, we have to get into that in oh, a minute because okay. now they're vegans. So we have to move on to the vegan land in a minute. But I want to go back to the early days, the salad days. So you basically had an interest. You had a deep interest in cooking because you were watching Tim basically <laughs> packet himself into oblivion. Yeah. Does he know how to cook, by the way? Just no. Care? No, Okay. We actually, I remember we went to Christmas dinner at Tim's not that long ago, and he did forget to turn on the oven. <laughs> oh, wow. And so we ate about midnight. I what? Think, but... Oh, God. Okay. But so you took an interest in it basically to get girls, which is great. Not and just, to get, I did have to eat as well. Yeah, so. but I mean, really, that was a perk. But <laughs> that's why a lot so, of guys became actors. They just wanted to meet girls. Same. Yeah. 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 But then Christine marries you, okay, and I just want to know what, like, when did you realize, like, holy shit, I struck the mother load. This guy can fucking cook. Well. Did you know he me, could cook? Yeah, because we were together a year and a half before we were, were married, and yeah, I yeah. couldn't believe it. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, how did you, okay, so, and back then you were not vegetarian or vegan you just ate whatever yeah and then you remember chepstow road at yeah the bottom chepstow, of road. chepstow road there was a thai grocery store right and he'd go in there and pick things up and i'd go what it what is that okay so you started getting interested in what he was doing in the kitchen i wasn't interested i was flabbergasted i just kind of stood back and and watched yeah he's, he... he's a very instinctive cook i'm telling jan this because i would go over there and he just would like grab a few things doo -doo -doo, and all of a sudden there was no planning it was just like mm, that looks good that looks good doo -doo -doo. But, but i also have to tell a story no matter where you go out to dinner with those guys they chris chris especially has this homing pigeon sense like they'll walk into a restaurant and let's it's a new restaurant that we've never tried walk in and he'll be like mm, no and he'll just leave <laughs> and right. then we'll go someplace else that i'm like this place and it's fabulous he's got that homing pigeon yeah. instinct of this is not going to be good 
it's almost like this weird vapor. Like I can smell this weird vapor. I'm out of here, you know. And the same thing when he cooks, he just kind of grabs little things, spices and this and that, and and well, that's what good cooks do. Yeah, and just whips up this thing. I had papadoms for the first time at Chris's hand in England. I don't know what that is. It's like these. Uh, what are they? They're like these little wafers that you fry up. Crackers. In this, yeah, these crackers that you fry up. They're mm-hmm. like, oh God, they're so good. And so I'm looking at Christine like, you goddamn bitch from hell. You're with your lean cuisines and your chicken a l'orange. And now you have this guy who can cook. I'm so jealous. But I was happy for you too. Because then it morphed because he started getting busier as a screen yeah. screenwriter, writer, yeah. you know. And, and somehow now... You're the cook. Like, how did that happen? Like, you're the chief cook because he cooked forever, right? When you yeah. first when you first got married, did you cook at all? No, no. I think no. that there was a, a watershed moment because we moved and we moved into a new apartment with a new kitchen, and for some reason, Christine became territorial about it. She turned into her mother. Oh. And said you can't Possibly. come in here. Well, wait a minute. There was something going on there. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. When you lived on Chepstow. You basically moved in with him, so, yeah. so it was his kitchen. Yeah. So you couldn't territory territorialize it. Yeah. But then when you moved into your place now, suddenly that was like, aha. Jen's right. I morphed into Emily mm-hmm. for a minute, just for a minute. She also no. became very critical of my cooking style. Which oh I, my God! Yeah. What was? Well, it's more to do with my energy level. It apparently, is unacceptable. What? Too apparently, much or too little? Too much. Apparently, it's but makes the canary nervous. You have to you have to be calm and measure everything. Christine's style is to be calm. You measure everything out. You follow the instructions. Well, what do you, you care take... how he cooks, energy wise? Well, no, thank just you, I'm... Catherine. Huh? <laughs> thank you. It was just it was just funny to me after a while. And that's right. It became territorial. Because was he explodey cook? Did he explode all over? Like, yeah. Sh- 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 yeah. Yeah. There's crap everywhere. Yeah. And then of course you were nice and enough like, to clean it up. One fourth tablespoon and measure that off like that yeah. i'm not anymore but you know everything yeah he yeah moves around a lot and so that made me nervous oh it made and, you nervous because you had to clean up like grease from all the cabinets and everything no 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 no, 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 no. just because it was the it was the hyperkinetic energy yeah, that was making you nervous yeah but i became I think it's the speed of cooking is different and I think that's yeah that's, because you can whip up a he can whip up a meal in like a minute. Yes, it's he the can. weirdest thing. I'd like him to prove that later. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, Jan has a couple of things <laughs> she wants you to look at <laughs> in her house. And really <laughs> oh, delicious. Okay. You'd like to write write some things down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. No, Jan. But he could do anything: Spanish, Italian, yes, um, yes. Mexican, yes, um, anything. Really authentic Chinese, Japanese. Tell me about it. I know just I've had it all, it. honey. It was just it was just I know, Indian. I know. Thai. It was it was really extraordinary. I know. But that was in the old days, and then when we moved into our new place, then I did become too. And he got very busy. Yeah, he got busy, and, and you, I mean, you were still busy, but he got busier, and yeah. so all of a sudden, then it was like, and and there were times during this marriage, during the beginning, middle of the marriage. Where suddenly you would come over for a visit and you'd be like, "Oh, we're we're vegetarians." I'm like, "Oh, okay." So we would. There was like a vegetarian phase, yeah. and then one time Chris said, "Oh, I just had some ham in Spain, so I guess we're not vegetarians anymore." We blamed my mother for that because when you <laughs> what's take a mother it, for? Because yeah, exactly. 
when we were in Spain with a 79 or 80 year old mom and we'd think, huh, just eat yeah. the ham. Eat the ham. You yeah. know, and so we, we were. By the way, I that's guess... still my message for you guys eat the ham. But anyway, <laughs> so now, yeah. okay, so then you became more of the cook. Regardless of your vegetarianism or not, you were still the cook. Yeah, you, I did lamb shanks, yeah. Iranian Persian lamb shanks. And you used to do a full Thanksgiving dinner for all of your friends yep. in England to, because you wanted we, to do a Thanksgiving. And, were you there for that? Uh, Chris did that. Oh, wait, you did the Thanksgiving? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Well, because if you think about it, that's closer to an English roast yeah. dinner, isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah. Oh, and you although do some of it, I find you don't make how, a turkey, do you? Yeah, no, you do. Back, well, we did back oh, then. Did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Oh, how did that go? Like, Chris, I want to have a Thanksgiving dinner, full dinner with people. turkey, <laughs> with fifty people. So, can we do that? And by can we do that? Can you cook it? That's where God, co- cooking right turns into catering, though, isn't it? Yeah, and that's a different skill, I think. Yeah. Did you do that? Thirty-five yeah. people? Yeah, no, no, no not thirty-five. Twelve to fourteen. They put this big. She sets up the kitchen and the living room in a way where you can put like these planks down these tables and you can you're basically jutting out into the living room and the kitchen and it's like a beautiful nobody sets a table like Christine. Well, no, that is my no, mother. Nobody sets a table like well, Christine. Well, it's you now. Oh, that's yeah. a nice thing to say. Yeah. That was I, I mean, when I, I'm having people over tonight and I'm going to put my my the same four placemats that Dean got me at a flea market like two years ago and he's going to come home and he's going to go, why don't you iron these placemats? I'm like, I don't give a shit. It's Brian and Clarice putting two. Oh, my invitation was lost. We're having the pizza that you don't like. Oh, you don't like that pizza, so get off your high horse. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Would have I'll been give... nice to have been asked. No, I don't. Okay. Wanna... No, it's fine. No, it's okay. I, listen, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Fine. Shut up. Let's anyway. move on. Um, <laughs> this is what we do. We argue all the time. Okay, wait. So. Now you made me lose my train of thought with Chris. Oh, that's what happens to old people. Veganism. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, bitch from hell. They okay. were talking about the Thanksgiving, oh, yeah, Thanksgiving and, yeah. and he cooked for okay, yeah, 14 so, people. Yeah. Okay, so I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't know he cooked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was your big idea, but he cooked. Well, yeah. that's where the speed would come in. <laughs> it would be good. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. oh you God. need to be fast. Yeah. You can't be like... Yeah, it's plate juggling. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of it's plate juggling. It's not fun either, is it? It's no, not, it sucks. I'm already dreading it. Stressful. And it's 10 weeks away. I'm already counting down. Who's counting? <gasps> okay, wait. Yeah. So let's... Okay, so there you are. We... We, the three of us have traveled the world together. I went yep. to India with them and saw spice stalls in Calcutta that blew my mind. We went to Barcelona and I saw Chris used to live on, in Barcelona and he showed us all the secret food spots and the ramblas and all these spices and vegetables and the food in Europe just blows your mind. And we went to Italy together. Italy, France, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rome, oh, yeah. Naples, you name it. Gorgeous, fabulous food. It's a food-centric fabulousness and... And now we're entering the latest chapter, which is you guys are hardcore forever, I feel, vegans. Mm. That's never going to go back. You're never going to be meat eaters again. And how did that happen? What happened? Money? Uh, no, I, th- I think it was a an epiphany. It was just one day it didn't feel right anymore. It just And it still doesn't feel right. So we... Both. Any kind of animal product? No, yeah, the whole thing, meat, fish, dairy. I think influenced by a couple of movies, a couple of friends, and just knowing that there's nothing about it that feels right anymore. So it was actually a very quick and very easy decision and a very easy change. 
which I know surprises people because I think people think veganism is a huge commitment and quite difficult to do and time consuming. And I would argue it's actually the opposite. It, it, explain. I mean, yeah, explain. I think more so now today than at any time. But explain in what way it's it's not hard. You just stop eating meat and fish and dairy. <laughs> it's not. Okay. It's not like giving up smoking. You know, you're not going to get withdrawal symptoms and get the no, heebie-jeebies. No, but there or... is something very appealing about going to the store, buying a steak, and slapping it on the grill. That's the prep. Anything that's not that takes a little prep, which takes time. I'm not sure I'd agree with that. I okay. mean, I, I think I think you can prep vegan food in, in just as an appealing way and just as quickly. Give me but, a for example yeah. of, of something like. Well, you you can grill a, an aubergine exactly the same way you'd grill a steak if if that's what you want, or grill well halloumi eggplant vegan. I know what an aubergine <laughs> is. How do I hate her? Mushrooms. Hate her. Pet pasta with chili and olive oil and uh, pa parsley. It's just delicious. Yeah. It's, I just, I think both of us went off the whole idea of meat and the meat industry and the dairy industry. I do uh, think I will become vegetarian, not vegan, but vegetarian. I do think that's in my future. I, th so. I think a lot of people will. I mean, we, we both agreed that it's not a good idea to evangelize about it or try and change well, it. Well, no, no, but no. we're asking you because we want to no, know. I know. I, yeah. no, I understand but, that. But I, I think people have to find their own way to it. And I think that's what happened with us. It was it was literally a light bulb moment. Well, what movie did you see that influenced you? The it, one, we'd obviously seen all the documentaries about the food industry and all the terrible shit which, that's in Which I won't watch because meat. then I'll have to be vegan. Well, exactly. This, that's I why mean, I don't you, watch them. I think if you knew what was in it, you'd have I, serious yes, second thoughts exactly. about it. This is what DZ, we're going to interview you Catherine's daughter Daisy next month and she's a vegan too and she entered it she's an animal lover but she said I'm really a vegan because of the industries when once you find out what yeah. actually goes on yeah, I think it's that's horrible a big part I think if you went to a fish farm you'd never eat fish again for sure really yeah 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 and um what about dairy dairy would dairy is like undefensibly cruel I mean it's it's just oh, please. It's, I can't la 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 see exactly. this is my problem because I'm still going to have to that's yeah. the disconnect isn't it with most people on yeah. the one hand they love animals and but they'll still I mean when you think about the cruelty involved in dairy industry and you know taking a calf away from its mother at an early age just to get milk and the idea of drinking milk from another species, does, doesn't you find that a little odd? Well, milk makes me ill. So, yeah, I don't, but, I mean, I don't cheese, drink milk. I so. love fucking cheese, man. I could not, that would be fucking hard to not See, eat See, I cheese. did too. I loved cheese. I loved it. Yeah. And <clears throat> Do you ever walk past cheese in a cheese shop? Not and go, at all. Oh. It's just, I don't know what happened or why it happened. But it's very, it was very easy, like Chris says. But I would like to add one, oops, sorry. That's okay. I one I one thing that, um, that I look back on, and this is kind of weird. It's a bit hard to explain, so help me out here when right. you get where I'm going. Okay. Growing up in downstate Illinois. Yes. Always ate meat, right? Yep. And and I, I, can I say anything yeah. without any offense? Yes, of course. Okay. I think if you're grown up in a in an environment like if it's religion, yep. or if it's food, yes. and you always have it, yep. and you don't know anything else, you just don't think about it. You don't it. think about it. And I remember once when I was quite young, my dad saying, "Geez, Chris, you put so much salt and a one steak sauce on that on the meat on the steak." 
And I, I look back now and I realize it's so bizarre, but I never really liked the taste of the flesh of the animal. The fat and the salt is what people really crave yeah. when they when that thing in the back of the throat goes and you think about your steak. It's the fat and the salt, but the actual biting into the like the rose primer, the the, the flesh of the animal. It always kind of made me sick. Hamburgers were fine because you could cover them up with dill pickle or mustard and ketchup and all that stuff. But I look back and I think, you know, I never, I, I never, I covered it up yeah. with every seasoning I could. The first time Chris took me to India, I thought, I thought, okay, I'm home. Yeah, your mind, the, your mind was the, blown on that trip. The spices were everywhere. And, a, you know, a million Hindus can't all be wrong. And they're vegetarian and some vegan. But the, the spices were just... It was like a whole new world yeah. compared to downstate Illinois. Nothing wrong with downstate Illinois no, food. No, but you were is, living a different life, and it was a different life, and and it was it's limiting. And your you mind was constantly things. getting blown vis-a-vis -vis food and spices, which was interesting. I also would like to make one little point about the uh, it's a political side, and again, my sister-in-law said, "Don't evangelize," and Chris well, is right. Go ahead. I don't want to. I'm just glad. I don't care who's a vegan. I'm just glad I am. Well, let me I, ask you, you know, this. that's all I care about. Yeah. I had cancer. Oh yeah. And and okay, I I came there. out of yeah, and I came out of that with health. And it was really a turning point for me with that and with uh, clean food that is delicious, and and wanting to maintain that. I like being slim. And I, I, I feel better. My knees, my back, everything feels better. I, I have agility. Mentally, I'm, I'm better. And that's what veganism has, has done for me. Well, you once said to me, Bill Clinton said, I'll never look back. You know, and Bill ate all that fast food. When I met Chris, Kate, he hadn't had a McDonald's or a, can we say those words? Yeah. A fast food, a fast food ever. He didn't eat that stuff. And I thought, what? You don't eat it? And, and I have it in 30 years, and I'd probably be sick. But now I've lost my train of thought. No, no, but what I'm, no, but, but I mean, I guess what I'm asking you is what, well, first of all, where do, where do you guys stand with sugar? Is that out? No. Uh, it's, it's, it's in. It should be out because I don't think it's very good for you. But. but it's, yeah, but you're okay with sugar as long as it's a vegan dessert. Vegan desserts are hard. They don't make a lot of good vegan desserts. Oh, but that's not true. I oh, that, I, I get mean, the great... Ozzy across the street at W80 makes the best chocolate brownies for me. They're all vegan. Vegan ice cream is fantastic. Yeah, yeah vegan fantastic. ice cream is pretty good, I guess. Yeah, yeah cakes okay. are great. But yeah. they're getting there. I mean, so, some of the sort of copiest food is, is oh, not Oh, you know what great. I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of gluten-free. Gluten-free desserts are not great, right. but vegan is okay. Vegan's not bad. But I think when you try and copy meat or dairy products, it, it does. it's a bit like near beer. It's, it's not... It feels a bit pointless to me. There's plenty of. Well, I agree with you because I'm thinking to myself, why are people eating Impossible Burgers? Because they're 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 trying to eat a burger. They're trying to replicate the taste of something that they don't like. like Do you why? eat that plant based meat? I have I have done. Yeah, I mean it's not my sort of go to thing. Yeah, I mean, it's quite. Well, it's not. It's not my favorite thing, but I will eat it. Well, let's talk but, about that. What is your go to? What do you? What's a typical meal look like? 
Like in the week, what's your week look like? I think we eat a lot of salad, we eat a lot of pasta, we eat a lot of rice, Indian influence. We we like ramen, veg, vegetarian, vegan ramen is, is quite an easy, quick and simple and adaptable meal. You can do it a gazillion different ways. But when you say you like rice, like what do you have rice with what? Well, aubergine, grilled aubergine, eggplant, you call it, with um, ginger and garlic and olive oil. and Miso. Miso, yeah. So veggies and rice or veggies and pasta. What about beans? I love beans. Yeah, Yeah, lentils, yeah. I make a lot of curries. It's never a struggle. That's what's so interesting about it. Like like I say, I think people think veganism requires a lot of effort, and it really doesn't. Well, listen, if you guys saw what I had in my house right now, you would have a hemorrhage because I'm doing the same type of meal prep that you're doing, only meat. I have meat from floor to ceiling in my refrigerator right now. I have 12 pounds of pork butt. I have ground beef, ground pork, ground chicken. I have all this crap because I'm trying to do meal prep and I'm looking at all this meat and I'm thinking, I'm going to go interview those guys today. And it would be great if it could just be like beans, rice, noodles, and veggies. But, you know, I got the Deanster and I can't. Well, can, I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Can, how do you feel about your own health and eating that amount of meat? Well, I mean, I try and when I cook, I try and portion it out so that it's small. I don't sit down to giant meat dinners, but we have a lot of meat in our diet. Do, do you think about what's in it? No. I mean, apart from the, the cruelty aspect, which no. is, like I say, it's undeniable and indefensible. Nothing. But also... I never think about it. I do. I you don't about think about, lot. like, just before the slaughter happens. No. I don't. The no. enzymes that are going la, on la, in the la, animal. No, 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 And the, uh, here's an example. No, I, I Christine. Went to, no, no, no. Christine, please. I, this is going to stick in my brain and, and yeah. make no, me sick. No, you won't. No, you, this is a different story. Okay. One One trip where we came back from India... I think it was the second trip, and we were with cows. You know, cows are all over the place. Yes. Big eyes and happy and fabulous. Blah, blah, blah. Then I went to a, you remember Joanna Bowen? Yeah. Her husband had a, a, a farm where he raised cattle for slaughter. And I had just literally come from India. And so there were cows uh, in, his, in the pasture, and they had pierced ears with the tags on yeah. them. Yeah. And I started to go up to them, and their skin was so tight and big and full from the chemical injections in them. And I looked into their eyes, and they looked ill because of what was going into them. Now, you think what goes into the animal, and then we take it in, and then we think of the whole cycle in in the U.S. Now, I think what, what... where is the penny not dropping where we have people go in and out of the hospitals for the open heart surgery exactly. and then have fast food? Exactly. And... It goes beyond it goes beyond that. It goes beyond the contamination of soil, the pollution, the contamination of water. I mean, it's not good. I mean, you know, knock wood, my own health is okay, but I know that the way that we eat is not sustainable. It's not. It's not sustainable. So I try and do meatless moments here and there. Uh, but it's 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 a challenge because Jan lives with her mom and I live with Dean and both of them are kind of dyed in the wool meat eaters, really. But I think if I put more effort into it, I could get my mother off meat. You could? I think so. I could never if get I, Dean if off If I meat. actually like made stuff, I, I always find it more daunting or something. But I think it's something, it's something I've long wanted 
wanted to do because I do every time I eat meat I do think about all this stuff well what do you do what's so... a typical meal for you that you could I mean when you make like like the enchilada or the the tortillas that you make for Frima where you lay down a tortilla you put cheese and chicken on it could you put cheese and beans on it would she accept it well, she wouldn't do well with the beans, but I mean, I oh. I could put more vegetables. I'd be perfectly happy not to have the meat on it. That's the thing. Yeah. I don't need the meat. Like, what if you didn't put the meat on? What would she say? She'd say, where's the meat? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I mean, you guys obviously feel way better since you gave up meat and dairy um, and all that stuff. I mean, you know, Bill Clinton, he lost, he, he, he went vegan for, remember he went vegan yeah. for Chelsea's wedding because he wanted to look good. He was not a young man. He lost 25 pounds. And he had a heart, heart attack. Yeah. And he said, I've never felt better. But you know, I've gone off on the evangelical side of it and I didn't mean to. I no, don't no, care. No, no, that's what we're here for. I'm just for. so oh, wait, happy I'm, but, that I'm, I am. Well, let me ask yeah. you this. Before you were, had cancer, were you, a, were, were you in this before you had cancer? Were yeah. you vegan? No. So that maybe was also a change too. The, a friend of mine made a film, and it was financed by another friend, and it's called Mercy. It Mercy was on its Sundance, yeah, and it, it's really imaginative. Google it, people. Mercy. Because um, what what uh, uh, she did was had humans play the animals. Wow. Yeah, and it works. I can't explain it v any other. Very way. simple, very low budget, but very yeah. clever, and you come out. And you just think this this is wrong. I can't do this. Here, yeah. here's and it's and it's not hitting you over the head with anything you no, no, no. don't know. No, it's no, but no. showing but... you, you know, horrible cruelty. You just you just are aware that this is fundamentally not the right way to live your life for you and for them. Let me ask you this: Why do you think that people are not embracing the plant based lifestyle, veganism, or even vegetarianism for that matter? Why isn't it being embraced? Money. What, what do you mean? I think that the meat and dairy industry is incredibly powerful here and in the UK. It's like tobacco. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, but you don't see tobacco ads on TV. Not now. But you don't see meat it took and a long time. dairy ads much either. Eventually you will see. You will. Eventually it will come to pass. I, th I think in a hundred years time we'll look back at the way we've treated animals and industrial farming and go, what the fuck were we doing? Yeah. How I've, could we have done yeah, that? Yeah, I think them? that's true. It's just. If we're here. A, if we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah we Mother Nature is. Died of food poisoning. By well, then, Mother but, Nature yeah. will take us yeah. all out before any of that shit anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, but the animals will still be here. But I think. <laughs> the cockroaches. I think people would embrace vegetarianism, veganism, if it was marketed differently, if it was positioned differently, if it was made more accessible if it was made more populist. I mean, there was a moment, wasn't there, when it, who was it, Jay-Z and Beyonce did a big, you know, we're going vegan, and it, it got front and center and became trendy. Yeah. And, and you know, a couple of, couple of more incidents like that would probably push it along a bit. But at the moment, I mean, in the UK, the vegan section of the supermarket is it's pretty extensive, but it's still hidden in the corner. You know, you still have to walk past the meat to get to it. If you swap those around, you know, maybe that would change things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless you go into the high-end stores, even in Los Angeles, like Air One or something yeah. like that, 
it's it's still not great. No, there, it's there, but it's not like it's you also, said front and center. It's not cheap either, which is kind of weird because it yeah. should be. What it's is it? Vegan, vegan. vegan food. It yeah. should be the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Like if you go out for a vegan meal here in LA, and there are some really great. Oh vegan yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about vegan restaurants in London versus vegan restaurants in LA versus how do you stay vegan in your travels? Like in Japan, how was it? Just Easy. a lot of rice and seaweed japan was a little bit more challenging because obviously there's a language issue as well and so explaining it took a little yeah <laughs> was a bit longer well, yeah, but, um, you could have uh, vegan sushi is is not no that's not difficult so that that that's avocado rolls yeah probably not the easiest country but most places i mean we know we can always find something wherever we go any restaurant you can always find something or ask for something. Yeah. But the the vegan restaurants in LA, I think, are fantastic. I think there's a lot of them, and the standard is really high. There aren't so many vegan restaurants in London, but there are all restaurants will offer a vegan option. Oh. So that is helpful. Where yeah. in LA do you like? Yeah. <laughs> We're desperate. <laughs> we, there's a place we went last night called the Sun Cafe in, on Ventura. That's that sort of has a very extensive Studio menu. City. What Studio city? Studio City. Oh, Studio City, okay. The Valley. That, that's, a, that's a really good place. Um, the Sun Cafe, all right. There's a couple of Mexican ones we've been to that yeah. are very good. The Veggie Grill, that, which is a chain which does all the, you know, near meat stuff. Wait, vegan, kind of... vegan Mexican? How does that even work? Everything in Mexican food is... Beans. No, we went to Mexico City and didn't notice... I mean, there were ve there were vegan options everywhere it in Mexico very City. Easy to be Fabulous vegan in Mexico. food, yeah. Interesting, yeah. Interesting, because tortillas it's... are generally made with. Yeah, but again, for me, I get that. It's like because uh, when you're putting it all together, it's just leave out the meat. Yeah. Just put more of that and leave it out. Yeah. You I, know, I could do but it. But there's other stuff like I mean, leave out the meat, but then you can't. Like I made cookies for Will, but I can't give them to Christine and Chris because they're made with butter. Like no butter, that's hard. Oh, the dairy. Well, I'm I'm not even thinking of the dairy stuff well, right now. I mean, I'm if, just on if, the meat. Yeah. Just, I, you know, my brain can only take so much at one time. Okay. All <laughs> right. You know we the, know the one. I, thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I think neither of us are, are kind of fundamentalists. I mean, if someone gave us a cookie with butter in it, we wouldn't. Yeah. So you, know, you could give them a cookie. Turn into a vampire. Or stingy. Thing. Oh, really? No. I mean, okay. I wouldn't choose to eat it, but it wouldn't. I. I I wouldn't say no. That's a good point. Oh, that's We're interesting. We're not fundamentalists because there are places on the planet that it, you go, and if if it isn't available, like you know the saying of a, of a vegan Buddhist monk who's who was given a plate of goat something, and they said, "Well, how how did you eat it?" And he said, "With gratitude." Interesting. You know, you you just you you I do think, the best. I, you I think can. if you have a cookie with butter in it, you don't stop being a vegan. You yeah, just, you just are a vegan okay. who ate a cookie. The one thing I'd like to add in in this is that <laughs> for some reason, you don't people. For some reason, I didn't make the connection when I'd go into the A and P or go into Ralph's or wherever it was, and you see the meat in the meat counter. You don't humans don't make the connection. No. Between that having been a living creature, yeah, and I when do. You're up in Scotland. Okay, I do. Okay, when you're up in Scotland and you see those beautiful, the sheep and all those creatures in the um, in the Highlands, and you th well, that's what happened to Paul and Linda McCartney. They were at their kitchen table. They both talked about this, and they said, "We're we're eating this, 
that's out there. It's, and it's speaking, to do, it's to do with the way it's presented as well. I mean, I'm sure you remember in Spain, if you walk past the butcher's shop and you see a chicken, it's a chicken. Oh yeah, it's got its head. It's, yeah. It looks like a chicken. Yeah, it looks like a chicken that has lost its feathers. It's it's like tongue. When my grandmother oh. used to come visit and bring all this deli, yeah, and she'd unpack it out of her That's, valises yeah. covered in plastic, and she'd have the pastrami and the corned beef and the this, and my mother loved tongue, mm. and she would bring it out, and it looked exactly like, like a tongue, a tongue. and I about gagged. Yeah. I, to, I mean, oh. but if you think of a chicken in a supermarket, they go out of their way to make right. it not look like a chicken. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Marketing. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Now that you're the cook in yeah. the marriage, yeah. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever get sick of it? Sick of cooking? Yeah. N no, but I'll tell you what. <laughs> Crispin's nodding say, yes. No, but I'll tell you what. This is something. Do we have time to get into yes, this? Yes, we have, we, we have 11 minutes. The neuro neuroticism, the neuroses that goes along with the entertaining part. And this you. is, Emily passed this on to me too. I hear you. Kate, we have talked about this. I know. That... Where's the calm? Where's the calm? And before, like, he'll say, why are you setting the table two days before? Because Emily One did. week before. Yeah. Well, but organization. We've talked about this. Organization makes it good. It doesn't just happen. Exactly. And so getting, forget the vegan. What yeah, we no, eat, only that. But I just want to talk about, about the, the nuts and bolts of the day-to-day -day grind. Um, like when you were cooking early in the marriage, weren't you a little sick of cooking? Didn't you say, fuck, when is this bitch going to learn how to fucking cook? <laughs> I doubt he said bitch. <laughs> well, it's, you planted a seed there. But... <laughs> no, I didn't because I liked cooking and I enjoyed it and I'd always done it. So for me, it was normal. It was just normal to cook and and on the whole fun. And you didn't have you didn't have the burden that you and I have, which is the planning gene, because you could just whip up something out of nothing. I I don't understand this concern about. I'm I come from the Tim Morris Jones. Well, if the oven goes on at midnight, so be it. Yeah. School of catering. Yeah, but we like stuff. to organize and plan and have. That's everything. for dinner parties. But when we like just making a meal, I'll just go like Chris's granny's phrase: "Never plan your menu till you've been to the market." So I'll just go to the shop and say, okay, there's aubergine or there's courgette or blah, blah, blah. Every make... day you go? Yeah, because I'm around the corner. I right. live in the center of London. So, right. you know, there's no car. I just walk to the grocery store. It's a and different, we... the Europe, that's a different. It is. Yeah. It's a different, yeah. very different. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. 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 I, well, I heard your program about with the lady who lived in France, mm -hmm. yeah. in Paris. Yeah. And it was interesting. I mean, during lockdown was quite funny because at that point you had to plan your food for the week because you were getting, you were either going to the store once and you wanted to get everything in one hit. Yeah. Or you were getting a food delivery. And that was the first time ever <laughs> either of us had sort of planned more than an hour ahead yeah. of what we were going to eat. And how hard was that? It was okay. I mean, it was it was an interesting exercise. We but, didn't want to die, but, but we so. <laughs> quickly went back to not doing it. Yeah. So I, it, I I don't enjoy that. No. I do not enjoy. I don't. I enjoy eating. I I hate all the stuff that comes before it. Mm. The planning. The, I hate the planning. I hate the thinking about it. I hate the grocery shopping for it. I don't. It depends. The cooking sometimes is okay, but I just the constantly having to think about the necessity of it. I don't like necessity food. I don't like what having do you to mean, think. Jan? I mean the day-to-day -day eating. Her like, mom has to eat three times a day. Okay. Well, something. 
It so, doesn't have to be a giant meal, she, but she has to plan she's out. She's really horrible. She needs food no, to live. She has to have, I, I no, no, she, she has to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and Jan has to kind of plan that out for her. Well, I have to have stuff in the house. And she has to and, kind of vary But if it. I'm by myself, like, I don't think about food. Yeah. I just don't. It's like what, whatever is there is there. If it's not, I don't care. But it, when you have somebody else... Yeah. It's different, and you do have to care. A, I'm not saying that in a disparaging way. What I'm no. saying is, is that you have to think about 21 meals a week. You know, seven times three is 20. You have to and, think about 21. Sometimes moments. I leave her a little short, but yeah, <laughs> that's why she weighs three pounds because I just don't feed her. No, I'm just kidding. I but, feed. Yeah, break. But I, I have to eat as well. I have to eat. Chris will not eat during the day and he'll have his we eat late in europe you just do my parents are in bed when we sit down for dinner okay we eat about nine eight thirty nine i got him down to eight thirty but uh, <laughs> um Catherine's he can go all day without food i can't do that i get the shakes maybe your mom's the same way i have to have you know something in in the well, morning. Well, I do and... too now. So what do you eat during the day? I didn't used like, to, but I do now. You have the big meal at night, but what do you eat during the day? Oatmeal in the morning and then cereal or uh, uh, fruit in the afternoon, some kind of fruit. Or something. Cra crackers, yeah, something light. Yeah. And then dinner in the evening. So those aren't really meals, Christine. N no. Oatmeal and some crackers and fruit. Oatmeal. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, well. Can, can I mention another... Uh, yeah. cooking show on here yeah of course whatever yeah of course. okay uh if anyone is interested you know the daughter of paul mary mccartney who is a photographer she started a cooking um a podcast or something with it but it's a video wait one of yep. paul and linda's kids you plug it a rival podcast is that no it's yeah, not no. a podcast but it's it's all veganism because the whole mccartney clan are vegan or and veggies and um is this Stella's sister? Yeah. Okay. But it's on it's on television. It's not a podcast. Oh. So if, on YouTube so where, probably. Yeah. yeah. So where yeah. do you find it? YouTube. I guess. Yeah. But okay. it's 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 for people who might be interested in veganism because she makes it really easy. I'll watch it. Yeah. 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 Get but, some tips. I mean, I might maybe I'll sneak, maybe I'll sneak a vegan dish on the deanster i just don't tell him he's not gonna he won't listen he doesn't listen to the podcast yeah, anyway so. some, some of the pretend meat products are actually pretty good for people who still want to eat meat or want that taste of they're meat. okay linda well, mccartney I, if, so. if you wanted to sneak fake bacon into his meal i bet you he wouldn't notice yeah you just have to i think you need to read labels on that stuff too because sometimes they're all i was looking at some of it and it was just all chemicals there's like all chemicals. Not Linda McCartney. And you okay. never cra yeah. you never crave it. You never Sometimes crave cheese. When when you're hungry, you kind of you do for a moment, and then you re you go back to the thing we were talking about earlier, which is thinking what is it you're craving? You're craving the taste of salt and fat, right? And as soon as you eat something, that idea of meat goes right out of your head. Interesting. But no, I, are, I, are are you guys the only ones of your friends who have? I mean, you have a huge circle of friends over there. Are you the only ones who have embraced this? No, I think there's a couple of couple of vegan friends, but most of our friends are kind of vegan adjacent now and are very happy to have a vegan meal. So moving, so but when, what about when you go over there, to their house? They're completely cool about it. Like I said, it it a lot of people in London will be vegan two or three times a week anyway, out of choice. 
people our age group just find it healthier and, and embrace it as a lifestyle thing. Yeah, interesting. It's also to do with the if people who have kids, which we don't, but yeah. people who have kids are talking about saving the planet and you know what this is doing to the the plant. I don't want to get well, into that. Well, I know. Reason. And Dean's whole thing is, you know, the planet's fucked anyway, and vegetables are just as poisoned as meat. So why not eat meat? And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess. But well, I think it depends how you grow them, doesn't it? I'm not sure that's strictly true. Yeah, I know. For me, it's just about the cruelty part to animals. Yeah. Me not on board. It's like when the those horrible, you know, 10-minute-long commercials come on on the ASPC. and Oh, with please, Sarah McLachlan singing. Oh, my singing. God. I, I immediately just start screaming, turn it off, turn it off, because I already give money to them. I don't. I, you're preaching to the choir. Mm. I don't need to see it. Yeah. Same way I don't need to see these films to turn me into a vegan. I know what I need to do. It kind of is reminiscent of... I don't need of, to see it. Well, it's kind of reminiscent of like um, climate change. Like people, I guess like me, I, like I'm more aware of climate change than I am of meat, but like there's a cognitive dissonance that happens. Like, well, I'm eating this meat, but that, that just came from Ralph's. But <laughs> didn't come from anywhere. And it's like climate change. Well, we're having horrible heat waves. Eh, it's got nothing to do with greenhouse gases. Like... We're really good in America, maybe in Europe too, but I think more in America. We're good at cognitive dissonance where we're just like, mm, that didn't really happen. But, but, and now this is happening, but that has nothing to do with that. It's like the it's all It's, it's like all true fucking, though. It's so fucking weird. Because medically speaking, think about in your own body. Everything is connected. Yeah. If you have a pain here, it's connected to something else. It's That's connected right. to something else. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's all basically connected one way or another. Yeah, like if so, I touch you right now like this. Don't just, touch me. Just bring your finger over here. I'd rather yep. not, yep. but okay. See, yep, a pain in my ass. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe I fell for that. Shoot me now, please. Uh -huh. See, I don't know, Kate. I think of you as a, as a pure carnivore. That you are, you know, that, that you, that, that's your, you're, you're an Irish lass and you are a carnivore. Well, and no, I mean, when I, when I, have, I like the word, use of the word pure. When I, pure, pure when I have, like Emily, when like I date, when I cook for myself, I have one night a week where I just cook for myself. It's always meatless. Always. Really? Yeah. Mm. I love it. I love it. But yeah, I mean, you know. I, I could, I could give up. Okay. Here's what I could do. I could be a pescatarian. I could eat fish and cheese. Yeah, and, think and, of the plastic in those fish. And give up meat. <laughs> I could give up meat and chicken and turkey and lamb I could and pork. I could give those up, no problem. I would have a harder time with fish and cheese, which leads me to, I think I need to start watching some of these documentaries that you guys are talking about because I am completely like blinders, like, no, I'm not going to watch that. Mm -mm not going to watch that, not going to watch that, not going to watch that. But I think I need to watch it and sort of say, oh, this is a way of educating myself on what actually goes on in the industry. Because you guys are the second vegans that I've heard, Daisy being the first one, who got into it because of the industry mm. not first and the animal loving second. For her, it's the animal loving first. So, and there's a third, which is self-loving. You know, it's our own health. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to put that crap in my body. I really don't. And you feel better because of it. Yeah, for sure. There was no one who was a bigger cheese lover than me. I would eat an entire thing of cheddar cheese with an apple. I loved cheese. And I don't know what happened. I really don't know what happened. But it just, it went. Yeah. Well, it didn't. just simply went. And the, the, the 
I taste of it now feels so thick and what it is yeah what it really is people describe it like eating it's like eating a stick of butter yeah. after you've been off cheese okay yeah. but listen here's the thing yeah. we're out of time okay and we are yeah wow it's been an hour okay i told well, you it was gonna f fly by love you guys been we great. love you more. thank you so thank much you for so much coming i watch you in this. london this i like, watch you i listen to you in london and i just absolutely love it well we are happy that you guys came here and good luck with all your projects and hopefully the stupid strike will be over soon and have a safe trip back to london and uh you know that's it we're out bye bye